back in middle school. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, let's go back to junior high school because guess what? I was a kid in the 80s and we didn't have middle school back then, at least not at LAUSD or at least not in East LA. We had junior high and at Belvedere Junior High, that's where I really should have started from. At Belvedere Junior High, back in the 1980s, we were assigned all sorts of textbooks. And for the most part, uh, I didn't really pay any mind. Some of the pictures were pretty. But there was one book that we were uh, issued where if you turn to a certain page uh, that started the, com the chapter on galaxies, it wasn't like they were talking uh, or showing the photos of a nebula, uh, or they were showing a representation of a black hole, or even a glossy shot of our moon, or our sun, or Uranus, Uranus, uh, or anything like that. It was the second to last shot, I think, of The Empire Strikes Back. And it is a photo of uh, R2-D2, C-3PO, uh, Luke consoling Leia, and they're looking out into the into the vast distances of space, and there is a galaxy uh, in in the very far distance. And then I believe, if I'm recalling the movie correctly, there's a shot of the Millennium Falcon taking off because uh, Lando and the little squishy guy they're on their way to try to figure out where is Han Solo, and they're taking off, and then there's a shot reverting back into the room where our he our leftover heroes are and you can see it pans out from them and you can t see how small they are in the vastness of all this and there's something about the music before that you know that last beat of John Williams' scores comes in where it's like da -da, da -da, da -da, all of that where you just see them for there for a second and they look beat up. They look beat up. They look disillusioned. And, for, and as an audience member, as somebody who saw the movie, uh, you know, on TV, I remember being in my, in my, in my house's living room uh, with all the lights down and my parents were fooling around somewhere else in the house because they didn't have any time for the Star Wars thing. And I remember just sitting there and not wanting to cry I don't think that that's what I, I don't think that's what I was feeling. It was more of, I don't know what to do. I don't know what this means. I don't know what that last 30 minutes showed me, but there's something really wrong in the galaxy. And if there's something really wrong with the galaxy, then there's something really wrong in my world because I'm connected to it. Now, mind you, that I have always taken Star Wars extremely seriously. Uh, maybe not so much now as I did back when I was, you know, uh, uh, after 10 years old. But back then, Star Wars was my galaxy. That's where I, I, I wanted to be out there flying things and shooting the, rebel, uh, shooting the uh, Empire down. And so to all of a sudden having the first time ever in my life that I can recall where the good guys didn't win, right? Where you did not know what was going to happen, where any movie 
there wasn't a resolution that ended up good, uh, that ended up well for the protagonist. That was uh, earth-shattering. What do you mean the good guys don't win? What the fuck? I'm sorry, if you haven't seen Star Wars before, uh, or Empire Strikes Back, or the original trilogy, it's, guys, it's 2018. Go check it out. So, yes, spoilers. But what the hell does it mean that Darth Vader is Luke's father? Is he fucking with him? That can't be. That's not true. That that yell that Luke does at the end where he just can't believe it. Even though Darth is telling him, you know, search your feelings, you know you know it to be true. I I I, I understood it in, in my you know uh, preteen mind that 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 yell of I know you're telling the truth. There's something about the gravity that you have about you, Darth, where I know that you're not fucking around and that you mean this. But I don't want to believe it. I don't want it to be true for Luke because that is what are the what is what are the implications of that? What does that mean? What does it mean to have this terrible menacing figure tell you that you share something so Genetic in common with them. Shit, I just thought of my dad. Anyways, it, it was unnerving, to, to say the least. And, and I don't know that I have ever gotten past that trauma. Now, that sounds overdramatic. I'm sorry. But I, I just took my movies uh, seriously. And, and, and that was the first time ever where I, I had not seen it coming I didn't know how to account for it, and my life was my life was not right after that. And you know, I've talked to a lot of people who really love uh, Return of the Jedi, and I enjoy it too. It's a cute movie. It will. It doesn't come close to the first and the se- well, the fourth and fifth installments in the um, in in the original saga. Um, and the resolution was okay. Like, I, I didn't mind it at all. It, it had to end, and it, for fuck's sake, it has Ewoks, okay? And I love the little guys, but come on. Uh, they're jokes. Uh, only Jar Jar, you know, is the real worst entry as far as characters in Star Wars, as far as I'm concerned. Anyways, um, yeah, it, it just sucked, and, and, and it wasn't something that I could account for, and it was something that really was traumatic, and something that I haven't really gotten past, uh, past, um, past at all. See, I'm telling you, I'm verklempt. I don't know how to feel about it I, to this day. There, there, there's so many layers to it. Anyways, the reason why I'm telling you all that is because I didn't necessarily want to talk about Star Wars entirely today. I, I, I tell you all of that. In order to, to kind of draw out or explain and delineate as best as I can to you how impacting a movie like that was to me as a, as a young person and how I carry that into my now fourth decade on this planet, right? I tell you that, I give you the weight of that as far as, you know, from, from my point of view so that I can more easily convey what I think my kids' feelings were after uh, the end of Infinity War, which we just saw last Friday. So I'm recording this on May 2nd, 2018. The movie came out on Friday. Uh, so it's been several days that 
you know, I've been processing the movie, processing what I saw, process what I'm feeling, also the opportunity to talk to uh, my kids about the movie, talk to others about the movie, watch plenty of YouTube videos about the movie. So I have been doing my homework in whatever spare, spare time that I have. And so now I feel more comfortable talking about it. And also, just, you know, FYI, anybody, I will be talking about things that happen in the movie. I am not going to censor uh, details. So if you have not seen it, again, it's my, May 2nd, uh, by all means, go check it out. Come back to, to you know, to, to hear me out on it a little bit later if you care to. I would love for you to come back and listen to my point of view on the thing. But by all means, I don't want to ruin anything for you. So uh, it's cliche, but spoilers ahead. Be aware of that. You've been warned. Don't bitch at me later online if if I said something that you didn't know about. And, and that means that I've ruined the movie for you. That is not my fault. Not, uh, not after this point. All right. So... You know how you go to this movie, if, you, if you've been going to MCU movies, uh, for the most part, because Thor, uh, Dark World sucks, I don't know how anybody's excited about that, if, it's, I, I, if I don't ever have to see that movie again, it'll, I'll live a happy life, uh, I feel the same way about the Hulk movie, the one with uh, Edward Norton, uh, don't care about that movie, I didn't even realize that it was canon as far as the MCU was concerned, but I guess it is, I disavow that movie. Uh, but for the most part, every other film in the franchise, I I have enjoyed, I have liked, and I do think that mo- the movies have gotten better over time. It's it's fantastic though that in my opinion, the real first one that ever came out was uh, Iron Man, and that to me is one of the greatest movies, action movies of all time. I really put it in that high of a category. It will never be as good as The Dark Knight. I mean, to me, The Dark Knight is a masterpiece, uh, followed very closely by um, Dark Knight Rises. I think they're both good companion shots, but The Dark Knight is certainly a masterpiece. Iron Man, I certainly have, you know, a very high respect for. I think Jon Favreau did a marvelous job with, with, with a story that... Could have been silly, and I think he did both silliness and uh, in, in action and drama in, in, in a fantastic way. And, uh, you know, from the guy from, you know, um, Swingers, uh, who was basically the, the biggest loser on the whole damn thing, for him to be the guy that is kind of the spark that started the MCU, that always just blows my mind. Anywho, uh, so you come out of these movies, and you, you're always kind of, you're, you're pumped, and, and you're excited, and you... You know, the last movie that we saw MCU was was Black Panther, and my kids were just going bananas after the movie was done. I mean, they 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 had ants in their pants. So did I. I mean, to see a character just be so fucking cool, and and also the the, the layers in the stories. I I know I talked about Black Panther before, but I can't tell you how impacting that movie is in in a variety of ways. But you know, just from the standpoint of being an action movie, like it's James Bond slash Lion King, and I, a lot of people have already made these points, so I'm not going to reiterate them. All to say that we came out of that movie and we're just so fucking excited about what we just saw, and and how soon can they make another Black Panther movie, right? Which I think is a problem, and we'll talk about that later. But how soon can they come out with another Black Panther movie? Because I can't wait to see that guy on the screen again, uh, and who they put up against him, because I think he's a formidable force. 
right? So you come out of that. Uh, Civil War, holy smokes. And even though there was some gravitas at the end, you kind of knew because Infinity War was going to become, would eventually come along that uh, people were going to, you know, the the folks in the conflict were going to figure themselves out and have to come together again in one way, shape, or form. But still, like, you come out of there and it's quippy and it's fun and and having Spider-Man in there. Uh, which I think is Spider-Guy. I, I don't like calling him Spider-Man because he's not really a man, and that's not a knock on on the actor. He's just supposed to be a teenager, so to call him Spider-Man, I've always felt weird about that. But, uh, hey, Marvel ain't paying me for my opinion, so who gives a fuck? Anyways, uh, to have Spider-Man out there and Ant-Man getting huge and, and just that entire scene at the airport is just freaking bananas and you're having so much fun with it and and, and the humor is 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 wonderful uh and name your movie we've been there for it for the most part we've certainly given marvel plenty of our hard-earned bucks uh and but we have but every single time coming out of it you feel like you just had a shot of adrenaline uh thrust into you and you are pumped and excited and ready to just talk about it um, with that joyous energy, right? This was the first time in in my in, you know in, in my kids' lives where the movie ended, the they stayed quiet through the entire uh, credits. Then they had that last shot at the end, uh, which I don't think was which I think was a s- s- sad scene, right? And they come out of the movie. I'm sorry. And we're sitting there for maybe about 40 seconds after everything is rolled. And they, as well as the majority of the theater, I kid you not, the majority of the theater is just sitting there quiet. There are some people that are rustling around, maybe looking at their phones or whatever, but the, the, there is no break in the silence. Kids, adults are just sitting there for about 40 seconds, just trying, I think, to understand. Well, they're doing what what I think I'm doing is, what the fuck? When, what the fuck? Holy shit, what did we just see? And... The reason why I'm excited about that, guys, is that I turned over to my children, right? And I look at them and I realize that this, this right here, is their Empire Strikes moment. Oh, fuck, I just got goosebumps thinking about it because it's, 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 we, they now, now I have a moment in time that I can point to and say, that feeling you have, I had it too, baby. I understand what that's like. I, and, and it's just one more thing that's going to tether us to one another. Uh, completely different movies, uh, completely, well, I don't know if different genres, it's all fantasy and shit, but do you see what I mean? It's just, that that's the value that sometimes movies have. Books can do it too, but I think with these temple kind of uh, films that, that that are out there, that uh, adults and children can find one another in them. 
Because, yes, I came out of there and there's a, you know, a lot of different things that I will say about it you know, as we talk with some holes and things that are, you know, or, or how it's different and whatnot. But the reality is that as far as my kids are concerned, they just saw something that will define them or at least will be a bookmark you know, in their life where they realize, especially for this generation, that bad shit happens. Now, to some of the some of the issues I, I I have with current times, and I'm sorry, it's it's different. First and foremost, we did go see Black Panther, right? And that movie performed so well, and deservedly so, because it's a fucking great movie. But did so well, right? That of course it's going to get a part two. And it's not like you can recast. Well, I guess you could, but it would be very difficult to recast that um, that you know that actor. Or, or give the mantle to somebody else. Because I think that uh, Chadwick at least deserves a trilogy. I do. I think that he that the character has that kind of potential. Uh, and I would love to continue to come back to Wakanda. And, and, and get to know that community a heck of a lot more. Uh, I think there's a lot of interesting stories that can be told, told that. And yes, I know. I'm not a comic book guy. So don't you know freak out and, and, and send me notes about how there's already stories in the comic books. I... I'm never going to read a comic book series, so fuck off. I'm just going to watch the movies. But I think there's some really... But I, I love the fact that they're drawing stories from um, you know, from the comic books, and those are making it on the screen. Like I, I think that's very cool. Uh, but I think he has at least three movies. So you know he's going to come back, right? Same with Spider-Man. Um, I don't know that everybody was as, as jazzed about Homecoming as I was. I think it's actually one of the best Spider-Man movies. Uh, the, 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 the one that I really think might be over and on top of that is Spider-Man 2, the, the, you know, the one with Doc Ock. I think that's a pretty darn good Spider-Man movie. But uh, Homecoming, I thought, was fantastic. And, and, and the kid is so you know, uh, charming that of course he has to come back. He has to come back. It would be really hard to recast that. Uh, and I know that I guess there's that Morales guy that eventually takes up the mantle uh, of Spider-Dude. Um, and, and that's okay. I, I, could, I could eventually see that happening. But I think that Tom Holland, I think is his name, he should come back and do at least another one. Because he, he's, he, he's I, I think he, he really has what I always thought uh, Spider-Man, uh, the, the, the energy and the comedy that I, I always thought uh, Spider-Man should have. So I think he'll come back. Doctor Strange, come on, you, 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 Cumberbatch is perfect for the darn uh, movie, so yes, of course he's going to come back. So I think that is one of the problems that, that these movies have nowadays. And, and when I say problems, uh, it's, I'm nitpicking, because what are you going to do? I mean, we, we live in different times, so I, I got to stop judging everything by necessarily by how it used to be. But the reality is that back then, they, we didn't have the internet. There wasn't the rumor mill or whatever rumor mill was confined to just your little group of friends. You didn't have the entire uh, world chiming in on a specific movie and everybody having uh, some kind of theory and you having access to it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You just didn't have that, right? And so... The fact that we have all this information about us and in, in, in in that a lot of these projects, because they are investments, of course, for the, for the studios, the fact that we have so, many, so much information ahead of time of what movies will come next and what phases these things are coming in and all that good stuff, it makes it so that you know that eventually uh, these people will be coming back. And that takes a, a lot of the weight from what you just saw on the screen. 
So if you see uh, Spider Dude disappearing, I warned you earlier, right? So don't get mad at me. If when you see Spider Dude uh, disappearing, you realize, well, they're gonna have to figure out a way to get him back. They have to. Uh, and also, come on, these 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 are comic books, so you, you, for the most part, you have an expectation that there's that some that your characters are gonna come back in some way, shape, or form. There's always some write around, but I think it's interesting because yeah, Marvel did do a fantastic job of kind of putting it out there of like, okay, if they are gonna come back, how are they gonna come back? And is it going to be something simple, or is it going to be convoluted? And that's you know, that's what this generation gets to do now, is they get to now talk amongst themselves and figure out how would they do it, which is also problematic, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But you see what I mean? When you're on this, it doesn't have as much weight as when Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite, because back then... Fucking A, you you had no idea. You never even knew that was coming. And now that it's happened, you have no idea what the fuck's going to happen next. And you weren't going to be, you know, you weren't going to have a sewing circle online where you would be able to pick it apart and, and, and try to figure it out on your own. No, it was just, for the most part, a, a either a small group or you on your own pontificating about what will happen to Han Solo. And your mind would try to fill in the gaps as best as it could and but 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 it was an exercise of one or an exercise of few nowadays it's an exercise of the internet where everybody tries to to, to figure out what's going to happen next and oftentimes they'll get it right oftentimes will they will get it wrong but i think what i alluded to earlier about part of the problem is with that is that we set the expectations so high for for these films that there's only one way to go when it comes to actually putting it on the screen and when that one way to go that the directors or the writers put together gets on there sometimes it falls short of whatever it is that this mind think has you know has put together and therefore if it if those two things don't match then the mind think groups think well we've been let down and and, and then you start knocking movies off of that and i don't think that's right because again writers can't appease everybody uh, directors can't appease everybody, and ultimately, you try to tell the best story that you that that, that you can tell. And I'm sorry that it's not going to match your, you know, theory online. It just can't. But we do that, and I've actually ruined shows for myself doing that kind of stuff. Uh, Westworld, the first season at least, I was going on uh, message boards and online trying to figure out what everything was, and I didn't just trust the uh, the writers, which I actually really respect. Uh, the writers to just tell the story that they wanted to tell and so the ending wasn't as impacting for me because I had been you know I I had convinced myself of other theories that others had put out there and of course I had chimed in with ideas of my own and so I am making a conscious decision nowadays to try to not look up so much you know so much about uh, theories for the future now I have been enjoying going back and, uh, and understanding what the Infinity Gauntlet uh, was like or, or the original story what it what it was uh there's this youtube channel called comics explain that i think does a fantastic job of uh distilling what the core story was in the in, in the comic book so i highly recommend that uh after civil war that was in, that i went to that same channel to understand the original story um so in that sense i i i love going online and understanding the history of things 
Uh, there's uh, I did the same also with the uh, with the Lord of the Rings. Uh, there's a there's a YouTube channel called I think it's called Men of the West, and it gives you a whole bunch of backstory on Tolkien's Middle Earth, and I've 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 seen tons of videos on that because I do find that extremely interesting. Of how do we got here? But I am not looking to the future. I am not looking to the theories about what's going to happen next. Because I have found, in my opinion, that it ends up ruining movies for me. And I don't want to do that. And I also don't want to do that for the kids. So, uh, although they, I give them latitude, I have explained to them my concern about you know, looking too much into what's going to happen. Uh, because you might be disappointed with what's actually on the screen. So from that point, that standpoint, the the experience of watching movies is, is different, and the experience of cliffhangers is different. And so, although, and so, my experience, their experience are not going to be tantamount. They're not going to be the same. But that feeling of what the fuck just happened, I love the fact that now my children and I share that and. And we and we have a, a a movie that we can both point to and say, I will never understand Empire the way that you did that, but I understand uh, Infinity War, and so I get you, I hear you, uh, and that's an awesome thing as a dad, uh, and also as a movie guy, to to know that we share that that's fantastic. And so, in that sense, I am very thankful that that we have that opportunity to uh, that, that that we that, that we were able to realize that. There was something else that I wanted to talk about uh, the film. Give me one second to try to remember, to remember it. In the meantime, I guess I will talk about uh, some of the most impacting, some of the things that I thought were weird. Um, I didn't like the fact that the Hulk really wasn't in the movie as, as long as it was, I think. And I do agree with some of the uh, uh, comments that the Hulk really isn't angry anymore. Uh, or at least Bruce Banner isn't angry anymore. He seems more matter-of-fact about things, and I don't really care for that. I, I always thought that Bruce Banner needed to have an edge for it. I will say that Eric Bana did a fantastic job with it. I don't know. Uh, Ang Lee did a, a weird thing with the movie, but Eric Bana, I thought, was a good Hulk. Um, I liked Edward Norton, uh, because Edward Norton is always had that kind of asshole edge to him, and, and he brought that from American History X, uh, or I, you know, or at least I don't remember which one came first. But Edward Norton, in my mind, is that kind of just ready-to-boil-over kind of mentality. Uh, Primal Fear, I think he was fantastic. And again, he was hiding a monster uh, within him. Um, and, and so I, in that sense, I thought he was a really good Hulk. But uh, in this movie, he wasn't really all that. And, and also in Thor Ragnarok, I thought that he was, when he was Bruce Banner, he wasn't really an angry dude. I thought he was more of a terrified dude of what the Hulk was. And then the Hulk himself, he's a heck of a lot of fun, but he's all CG. So he's in that sense, he's not my favorite. Um, loved all the stuff with Thor. I, thought, I, I, I did not care for Thor. I'm still, he's still not my favorite. Tony Stark is or Iron Man is. But I think Thor really has come a long way. So he's a lot of fun. Uh, Chris, Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, his comedy is fucking awesome. I really enjoy uh, anytime that he's on the screen, just because I know that he's going to say something funny, and he's got gravitas. I, I I always like seeing another another man who has the weight of his voice uh, can really convey like I'm I'm, I'm being serious now. I'm not fucking around. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. Um, 
Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, you know, Groot is such a weird kind of character for me because he only has the one word that he uses. And he's going through this kid to teenage uh, maturity arc or whatever that I think is just one of those things that you it, it's, a, it's a side joke, a very far side joke that they have. But the fact that at the very end he was willing to sacrifice uh, part of himself and that he said, you know what, I'm done. I'm done doing this whole teenage shit. I really got to get into the fight and and uh, contribute. I thought that was a really good moment for for Root. It was the first time since his sacrifice in the original um, Guardians of the Galaxy that I thought, okay, this is a heroic hero, not just uh, you know a gag on the side. So I thought that was really cool. Would now Iron Man Cap. Uh, loved every time that they're on the screen. Uh, I, I've really come to enjoy Chris Hemsworth. Uh, no, not Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Captain America. What is his name? Chris Evans. Chris Evans' work as the Cap. I thought he was kind of silly in the beginning. I've really come to enjoy what he's like. I think that he has a lot of the sentiments that I have about government and uh, and patriotism and, 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 and how that can change over time and in and, 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 how you can become disillusioned about certain things. I think, for me, Captain America has it, which I think is ironic that his name continues to be Captain America because I think that he's more more into something else, uh, especially in, in these later movies. Uh, but I've, I, I enjoy watching him on the screen. But, of course, he's the straight man, right? He's the one that uh, the jokes are going to be bounced off of. And, and in Chris, Hemworth's, uh, Chris Evans does that really well. Iron Man's just fucking awesome. And... Uh, you know how we were talking about James Bond earlier on in that quippiness and in, in, in that you know just assholey charm that I gravitate towards. Well, Tony Stark has always had that, and I have always enjoyed any time that he's on the screen because I know that he's one of those guys that has just a big wall that they built, and you know that he gives a shit and that he cares and that he's there for the team. But he just can't quite bring himself to be honest about it. He always has to have that kind of like uh, I got to make a joke to, to you know to break the ice here because I can't be serious for too long. And and I guess I, part of the reason why I gravitate towards that is because I do that. I I have a very hard time in conversations that are serious, not eventually introducing some type of joke to relieve the pressure of a conversation because. Um, if I get too ramped up, then I get to a point where I just can't stop and then, and then it becomes something else. And so if I can introduce a joke, if I can uh, have a laugh with somebody, even if it's just for a half a second, um, then it tends to kind of pop the, uh, the balloon a bit and, and it gives everybody a chance to breathe. And, and that's what I find uh, interesting about Cap. Star-Lord was fucking funny. That entire exchange between him and Thor was great. Um, you know, Chris... Pratt, uh, he did look heavier. Uh, there was a shot of him coming down one of the one of the ships, and and you could sort of see his belly, and and I don't know that that's a knock. I mean, I know we all want our heroes to be fucking sleek and and gorgeous and beautiful. It was kind of nice to see that 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 in, that in a movie in a that a studio that spends as much money on uh, on shit as as. Mar as Marvel or Disney does, that they were willing to, uh, and again, I don't know what contracts are, and I don't know who the hell knows why, but the fact that they let Chris just kind of be Chris, um, 
in if that meant being a little pudgy because maybe it's a role or or, or or who knows maybe they wrote that into into the script for whatever reason or that maybe Chris has let himself go a little bit but they weren't they didn't pressure the guy into you need to lose weight in order to be perfection but they just allow the guy to play with play with a good joke play with the concept and and then actually show it on the screen I thought you know yeah it kind of makes sense that these guys aren't always going to be perfect looking they're not all gods uh some of them are very human uh in in uh, to the, to that point even uh Robert Downey Jr um he's starting to look a little aged and, and that's okay uh, I know that I'm looking at a lot of CGI on, on the screen but the fact that it's they're they're allowing the human characters at least to be human in the fact that they don't have to be perfect like i it's a quick thing and as as a dad like i enjoyed seeing somebody who wasn't necessarily perfect looking on the screen uh i appreciated that uh so i thought he was really cool um i would have liked to have seen more of akoya koyo i don't remember the character but she was so badass in black panther like i could watch her fight uh you know for for longer shots than they did but it was pretty cool that they brought all the three female characters together and they were fighting and 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 they were you know pretty badass so that was really cool i didn't i don't really care much for gamora i'm sorry but i do like um her sister uh i think that she that that uh Karen Gillian as oh gosh what is their name of purple pill or blue pill what's her name uh anyways gamora's sister I think that th- that is a really beaten up troubled character and uh the way that Thanos goes about you know messing with her I think that that's uh I think that's really poignant because sometimes dads can just put you through the ringer and they think that they're doing good for you right but they are physically putting you through the ringer and again <laughs> my dad issues are coming back my daddy issues are coming back but it's true i mean it's sometimes they put you through a fucking gauntlet uh pun intended uh of 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 just shit that you got to deal with uh that they put you through and and it's hard uh and you hope that it eventually will make you better but you know then again you end up talking about it at 10 in the morning on a wednesday uh you know on your podcast so who knows maybe it never goes away but I really like uh Blue Pill. I think she was she's pretty pretty awesome. And then finally Thanos. Um I want to talk about him. I am conflicted about the guy. Um first and foremost, I I'm a big fan of The Leftovers. It's an HBO show. Uh I don't know if a lot of you saw it. It is fucking dark. It is a very dark and heavy movie. And of course, it shares uh you know it so it shares um writers with the guys from Lost Lindelof is i think is the writer and so i'm a big fan of Lost and i think there's some common themes with Lost um on the leftovers but it's although i don't think they say it uh the whole concept of the show is that one day all of a sudden people start disappearing and it and it it's akin to the rapture right and when the, uh, at the very end where all of these bodies started disappearing where, where where they started evaporating into thin air into the who knows what because i don't believe that they're 
they, they, their bodies just physically disappeared because there were no ashes. If you look at the truck after, uh, you know, in, in the very end credit scene, there is no ashes anywhere on the truck. There's no ashes anywhere on the ground with some of the heroes or some of the other people are disappearing. It is just empty space. So I believe that they are they're somewhere else. They're in another, for lack of a better term, purgatory. And so it really made me, as I was watching that, it made me really think of The Leftovers. And I don't want to spoil that show. I think it's so good that you do got to watch it. It, it, it. There's some really good conversations about spirituality, about death, about, um, you know, what death does to be, what the death can do to people, what grief looks like. So I think it's a really good show, so I don't necessarily want to spoil it. But the concept of purgatory or, or people disappearing into the nothing I really thought was very interesting, and, and I, I thought it was a really good depiction of how that could happen. So, um, but the fact that, but it and it also reminded me of a Dan, Dan Brown novel that I read. Uh, it was one of his. Uh, I can't remember. It's a, it's the last one that they they made. Um, I can't recall it. Uh, shoot, I, I'll I'll look it up while, while we're talking here. Um, Angels and Demons. No, uh, shoot, what is that movie? It's the, it's the very last one, it's with uh, Vikander. Uh, I can't think of it. But anyways, it's it's the very last book that, that he wrote, or I think that he wrote, uh, Inferno, Inferno. And it's about this whole concept of population control, right? And how, I don't want to spoil the book. Uh, it's silly. It's a silly book to read, a good book to read. I don't think anything will ever be as good as The Da Vinci Code, which is one of my personal favorites. Um, by the way, Lost Symbol uh, sucks. Do not read The Lost Symbol. Uh, it's just not a very good book. And, and, you know, the sad thing about it is that I was super excited that, to read it because it was based here in the U.S. And I, I was truly disappointed by the very end. I, I can't recommend it. But... Inferno, I can't, and I do like, okay, I do like, I don't know, that's a weird thing to say, but I, the, the part of the concept of the book is that what they are going, what is, what the bad guy is hoping to release is a, a not a weapon, but something that will make, at random, and again, it's been a long time since I've read it, but don't quote me on it, at random, it will make uh, 50% of the population sterile. And therefore, uh, it's a way to, to do population control. And as I was reading the book, and also as I was trying to understand what Thanos had to say during this movie, I kind of understand it. Um, I don't want to get into other uh, topics about abortion or anything like that, at least not here. This is in the time and place for it, because we're talking about Infinity War. But... And I certainly have my, you know, my opinions on, on that topic, and who knows, one day we might get to it. But I kind of understand the fact that our world has limited space, and as big and as vast as it is, the, the amount of places that we have available to us that can sustain the populations that we currently have, I think they are being taxed. Uh, they're being overtaxed now. I live in Southern California, and our area is saturated with people. We keep on looking for places to build, but we just can't seem to. Well, we don't have as uh, you know uh, as many places to build, but our population continues to increase, right? Uh, 
it, it, it's getting harder and harder to find affordable housing in the St. Gabriel Valley where I live, but also uh, throughout different, you know, spots in L.A. It's, it's just becoming, you know, so unaffordable. I was just listening, looking on, on the Twitter and they were showing these um, these videos of uh, real estate agents basically using uh, Playboy models or bikini models to showcase homes because it, 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 the whole concept of this, well, you know, we, we cater to the super rich and sex sells. So we are our marketing approach now is to sell sexiness. Uh, and I and and I tend to work with it with, with people that are trying to buy their first homes who. Uh, you don't have the twenty percent down necessarily that it takes to you know to afford the the average house uh, price the average price of a house here in Southern California, and they are not looking for sexy models when they're when they're buying a home. They are they are trying to scrape by the twenty percent, the three and a half percent if they're going to do something like FHA just to be able to get into a house. And they many times it takes them months to be able to locate something. Uh, and and off more often than not, they are priced out of nice areas here in Southern California. Then that is just because we don't have the housing inventory, and it's not just us. It's there, there's a lot of places and a lot of other real estate agents that will tell you that they're facing the same issues. And so, overpopulation, and, and that's us in 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 first world problems, right? I mean. For the most part, we still live in a fairly affluent country, but that is that is the U.S. Um, but there's other places throughout the world where overpopulation is a real issue, and because and obviously these are all very complicated conversations, but because it often feels like it's unchecked, at least it feels like it's unchecked to me. And and, and listen, if you have a different opinion on it or you have different data on this, by all means, send that over to me and I'll be more than glad to, to read it over. But it is my understanding that it is unchecked. And, but, and if we don't do something about it, though, no vessel can, and I believe that the earth is a vessel um, or an island, uh, no vessel can sustain you know, a never-ending population growth. The resources are finite. And, you know, we, we, we use and we use and we use and we use and we don't recycle nearly enough. Uh, and, and I do think that population control is an issue. So as Thanos was describing his overall concepts, I will say that it didn't seem that far-fetched, and it didn't necessarily seem as that evil. Now, the ugliness of it is that, yes, it's genocide. And as far as the movie is concerned, right, it is a universal genocide. And that is an awful, terrible thing, and obviously not something that I would ever champion, right? But I understand the concern about the fact that population is rampant and how do we how, why aren't we having the conversations about controlling it why aren't we as a society talking about what what is a sustainable population to the earth and i'm and i and i think there's there are answers to it and i also think that and i think thanos makes this comment at one point or another that these are hard choices and somebody eventually has to make them and and yes it, was, it it's monstrous to think about but 
we have to because we are we're racing towards a future where we just won't have enough. And what kind of world will we be inheriting to the, to, to the people of then where they have to fight over basic necessities? We, we really do think that this party is never going to end, and eventually it does. I'll make it akin to this. I was in the real estate market back before 2008, and there were people that swore that real estate would, ne it would never crash. Gosh, no, it will never crash. It will always be good. It will always be great. Well, well, guess what? 2008 did come, and it did crash, and it was terrible for a lot of people. A lot of you guys out there saw it. I had a conversation, I've had conversations with real estate agents, but I had a conversation specifically with a lender actually over the weekend who was right there with me. And the stories that we both share were, you know, were, were so similar because, and, and, and we're talking from a guy that was like from a completely different part of, uh, of uh, the county where I live, but it was like we had mirror images story-wise of, of what it is that happened during the downturn. So the party does end. And and we're not talking about it. And so I thought that Thanos um, misguided maybe, but at least he was thinking about it. And so from that point, he made a very he made he made for a very compelling uh, villain, because it wasn't just I just want to kill. No, it was kill with a purpose. Or I want to yeah kill because I mean or or disappear with a purpose. Uh, and so as, as I was watching that part of the movie, I, I thought it was really poignant and something very interesting to, to consider and think about. And I know that that's going over the head of my kids, that's for sure, and maybe over the head of many of you. But it, it really does kind of raise that kind of question, and I think it's an important one. With that being said, I'm super excited about uh, the next installment. Oh, yes, I did want to talk about that, too, uh, and complain about today's kids, right? My kids binge every binge watch everything. If yes, just yesterday we were bit, uh, we were complaining about, or he was complaining. My son was complaining about not being able to watch the last episode of the last season of The Arrow. Now, mind you, that he has been watching it on Netflix and he's been catching up over the last few years. Uh, you know the, the entire story of of the Arrow or the Green Arrow on the CW, and he has had the ability sometimes during uh, some weekends to watch two or three episodes at a time. Uh, it, whenever he's been sick, he can watch three to four. Um, and in this generation, and myself included, because I do it too. We just, my wife and I, we took a kind of a chill day the other day, and we watched about six episodes of Homeland. So it's not like we don't do it too. And I know a lot of you do as well. So don't you know get all holier than thou uh, with me about this. But the fact that we binge watch everything is our, such a relative new concept. Uh, to me anyways, and to many of you. And to my kids, they're just used to having their entertaining entertainment available to them 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We actually have to monitor when they cannot have access to it and kick their butts outside so they could play. We'll go for walks just so that we can keep them away from the screen. And not that my, my kids necessarily are glued to it, but it's the path of least resistance. And if we give them the option to be on the screen, they're going to be on the screen. And so we make it a point as a family to get out and do things uh, to, get, to get away from that. But the point is that they have access to binge watching, 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 Jesus, my accent, binge watching and, and <laughs> binge, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought there, binge watching and the fact that they don't have to wait 
for anything. It's the rewards can come in very quickly. And whenever, and, and they don't often have to wait for resolutions on anything because they can just you know, finish it right there and then. The only time that they feel some type of grief is whenever the Netflix or Hulu doesn't put on their, their, the next episode or the next season right away that they might have to wait three months to do that. Fuck, they, they, they have no idea what, how frustrating it was to watch The Sopranos back in the day. So for my kids to come out of a theater and not have resolution and realize that they may not have a resolution for at least another year, that fucking blew them away. What do you mean I don't get to, get to find out what happens? I have all sorts of ideas in, 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 you know, about it, but I, I, I want to see. I want to see when is the next one coming out. Well, that's not going to be coming out until next year, baby. And I love the fact that this generation now has to wait at least a year for resolution to a massive story like this. So from that standpoint, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I'll end this by saying this. And I guess it's the best compliment that I can pay to Infinity War. And in the same way, it's kind of a knock against something that I care about very deeply. Uh, But I came out of this movie, Infinity War feeling like I should have felt after coming out of uh, The Last Jedi. But it's true. The Last Jedi, for as much as as I enjoyed it, did not give me the gut punch that Infinity War did. And even though I can, uh, you know, as I've talked already enough about I have all the other issues about the times that we're in and, and, and all of that. It's, I still felt impacted by what was, what was on the screen and hurt by it and, and saddened by it. Uh, but it, it created real emotion in me. And The Last Jedi just didn't do that. And, I, and, and trust me, I am looking forward to the last episode of that trilogy uh, like everybody else, but it just did did not have that punch. So that is my compliment to the folks over at Infinity War. Uh, thank you all for listening to me rant and ramble about uh, this fantastic movie. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, and, and if you agree, if you disagree on that or any of the other things that I've already talked about, by all means, please let me know. You can find me on the Twitter uh, at Hugo Realtor. I'm also on the Instagram at Hugo Torres. I'll check you guys out later. Peace.